Welcome to episode 7 of Origins Unknown. My name is Claire Huntington. My co-host Chris Holt and I are so excited to bring you Jackie's story and her search for Origins Unknown. Jackie was conceived through IUI, which is a assisted reproductive technology method. Raised by only her mother, Jackie had just half the puzzle. Her search for Origins Unknown has a lot of parallels to us, adoptees. Follow along as we learn about the process of IUI and Jackie's search and finding of her half-siblings on 23andMe. Enjoy! Thank you so much for joining us, Jackie. My name is Claire Huntington. And I'm Chris Holt. Hi, nice to be here. So our listeners are going to be excited for another departure from our normal topics. Jackie is searching for origins unknown, but she's not your standard adoptee. Jackie, why don't you let us know a little bit about your story and why it's a little bit unconventional? Um, well, so first, like, in the first way, I'm not adopted in the slightest. Um, my mom was, like, a little rebel pioneer back in the early 90s. Um, she had, like, witnessed her parents' really rocky divorce. And so, like, from a young age, she was always like, now nah, if I'm having kids, like, it'll be solo. I don't want, like, a dude present. Um, just because she didn't want to have to deal with, like, the possible breakup and, like, having her kids go through what she went through. And so... Um, she decided to go to, like, a fertility clinic, I guess. Um, she's real vague on the details, so this is mostly, like, what I can piece together from other family members. Um, but she decided to go to a fertility clinic because she didn't want a man in the picture. Um, from what I can gather, she tried for, like, quite a few years to get pregnant. And it just, like, never worked and it never happened. And so she went in and had uh, IUI or intrauterine insemination done. I think I was the first shot that she, like, had ever gone in for. So, like, first time success. Um, and then, like, she raised me as a single mom. So, I have no idea who my dad is. That's the reason why I'm here. Wow. That is, that's a lot. <laughs> um, so, I, I guess, uh, when, were you told uh, this kind of backstory and this origin story, I guess you could call it, um, like at a young age or when, when did, I mean, was your mom open about the whole process early on? As far as I can remember, like I've always known that I didn't have a dad. Like it was made very clear from like as far back as I can remember. Like, I honestly don't remember being told I don't have a dad. Like it was just the norm. Um, just... I'm, I knew like, I can't tell you specifics, but I know by like age 10, I for sure knew that like my mom went, and had a donor. I don't know that we've ever talked like, yeah, it was IUI and I went to the sperm bank and like, blah, blah, blah. But like, I knew that there was a donor. So like, I have grown up entirely knowing that like, there's a second parent, if you want to call it that, out there. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I have done that for forever. That, I mean, what's, what it's fascinating about this, I think, is that, you know, it's easy to, for us to just interview people within adoption stories or foster care. Um, but this story is, is obviously very unique. Uh, and I think I'm just curious to hear more about, I guess, some of the issues that adoptees feel in terms of, I mean, if you want to call it trauma, but just this idea of maybe wondering or, you know, kind of fantasizing about that oh my parents. Yeah. yeah. No, like that, that was a huge thing. Like I, love my mother like I it has taken a long road to kind of like understand where she was at and now that I'm like almost 29 I like I get her frame of reference 
it was really difficult for me as like a preteen and a teenager. Like I remember one time um, we were at the movies and we were watching What a Girl Wants starring like the phenomenal Amanda Bynes and Colin Firth. And like, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie, but like yeah. this girl goes in search of like her dad to like go and find him. She's finally figured out who it was. And like, there's this scene where she like leaves and he doesn't go after her. And I'm just like bawling in the theater. And my mom looks over at me and she's like, what is your problem? And, I was just like, and the wedding scene at the end for the father-daughter dance. I got my first father-daughter dance. And then my boyfriend cut in, but that's okay. Like that part. I identified with that one too. Chris, again, you weren't a 15-year-old girl, so. I wasn't, but I feel like, I feel like for people in our positions with maybe, you know, not having a, 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 a parent there or a birth parent or, or whatnot, it's it's interesting because I think films portray a lot of topics about obviously just family and and even like adoption or, or foster care or, or blended families or whatever it is. And it's always fascinating to me how like, you know, we talked about Twinsters where I went in thinking, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then I end up like ugly crying. And it's just super interesting how pop culture and, and movies and films can really kind of resurface things that, you know, obviously you didn't go to that movie thinking, oh, this is going to be a cry fest, but. Yeah, right? So that yeah. was my entire plan. I wanted to ball in the theater as a 13-year-old <laughs> girl. I didn't feel humiliated or awkward at all. Let me tell you what. No, but I think it's um interesting that you like bring up the point of like pop culture as far as like referencing adoption or even now in like my case, like there's a lot more movies out and I'm going to blank on the names, but like I know Vince Vaughn did one where like he. Oh Yeah. He was like, like a sperm donor. Yeah. Yeah. And he had like 500 kids. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, that one came out. You want to talk about like being the awkward person in the theater while everybody is laughing at this. Cause it's such a funny plot line. I'm like, Oh my God, this is my life. Like shut up. Um, like there's that one. I can't remember the other one, but I know it's got like Mark Ruffalo in it where he was like a donor for this lesbian couple so that they could go and have kids and they have like two kids by the same one. So I mean, like my case as far as like, being the kid without a dad or like being the child who was sired by like an unknown parent through like science um, is coming around to be more relevant, which is like cool on the one hand, but like as one of those like early generation kids who didn't have that growing up, it's also just like, oh, okay, it's right, I'll get over my feelings. Yeah. And so that being said, when Jackie and I spoke, I have some of the rare opportunities to set up some of our interviews. I thought, it was really crazy that immediately you and I are from like totally different parts, different, you know, different countries. And within moments of talking with each other, we were giggling like we were best friends and we don't have the same walk of life. Right. And it was really funny how as adoptees, and I thought, thought it was very important for us to bring this story forward because we don't want to isolate or just have this as adoptees. There are people out there searching for origins unknown that have single parent or who are searching for a brother or whatnot. And it's crazy to me to think that this community was even broader, broader than we thought. And so mm -hmm. in talking about things with you, it was just so interesting to see that I could connect with you, that instant connection that adoptees have. And we are so excited to open up our podcast to this community and I'm wondering, what are some of the stigmas that you grew up with? As adoptees, Chris and I aren't privy to, we know some of the terrible things that are said to us and whatnot, but what are some things that have been said to you? And they could be intentional. And then after we can talk about some things that people unintentionally say, like triggers. So, um, like, 
I guess I should put this out there. I grew up in a small, very small rural farming community. And so like open-mindedness is not a characteristic of what I would say my community has. Um, so like coming from a single parent who is a mother who did it her own way. And I mean, like she's a rock star little feminist, like Alice is a little trailblazer. Um, and I mean, like, she is very well known so I therefore was very well known and kind of like the situation of how I came about is fairly well known as far as the fact that like they know Alice has always just been single um I like the first time I can ever remember like being insulted because I was like a unique case was one of my childhood friends we were oh I gotta think how old were we seven maybe mm -hmm. eight and like we were playing softball or kickball or something like that and I had managed to get like a really good hit and I ran home and like I scored a point for my team and she was really upset and her comment was well I know why you're so weird it's because you don't have a dad yes. did you did you fight her <laughs> no yeah can I fight her now <laughs> like let's let's oh you family let's go come on mount up <laughs> No, I mean, and, like, I'm over it now because, like, I fully accept the fact that I am a weirdo. It is not because I have a, I don't have a dad. It's just because that's who I am on the inside. Um, I mean, like, there, there were things, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, that was one of the things. There was um, another time where, like, I, again, grew up in a small rural farming community. So, like, religion is a really big centrifugal, like, piece for most people's lives. and. Um, like when I was 10, I apparently have a lot of trauma around the age of 10 because it keeps popping up. Me too. Um, but cool. I was, I had a couple of friends who were like really religious. And so like I was getting into religion because you know what your friends do. And I remember that I had talked to mom and I was just like, I want to be baptized because I hadn't been baptized at that point. I was like, I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized. And one of the deacons of the church that my friends went to that I wanted to be baptized at like flat out they didn't tell me but they told my mom it was actually one of my extended family members like way way down the line um but they like told my mom that because of how I was born I would probably have to do a little bit extra to get baptized and like even at 10 I knew that that was kind of like full because it wasn't my choice to be born this way like I promise you if I had my pick I would have been born into like a nuclear family with a mom and a dad with tons of money so that I didn't have to like struggle about any of this stuff like so I just thought it was like I mean you talk about things that are like hurtful that like kind of illuminate how you're different from others and like that is absolutely one of the stories that I think of um yeah I think uh for all of us yourself included and and First off, it's showing all the, it's not just this kind of black and white situation. There's all this gray area. And I think all of us, the one common denominator for all of us is that none of us chose to be in this, mm -hmm. this situation and that we are kind of yeah. been thrust into a community that is very much, in my opinion, disbanded. It's very, I mean, there are tons of podcasts out there about adoption and, and foster care and those types of things, but nothing is as inclusive of, as what we're trying to do here. We yes. want- everyone under the sun who is within this umbrella uh, to be part of this community. And I think to not mm -hmm. share your story and people like you 
um, would be doing a disservice to a large number of people. I mean, jokingly, you brought up that Vince Vaughn movie, but like that, he had 500 people and like kids in that movie, but like there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people just like yourself that are born in that same situation. Yeah. Oh, dude, I know. So like, um, I probably, so for a while I had always asked my mom, I was like, can you give me more information? Like, if you won't tell me like about this, like, just tell me where you went and I will start the process to like find who my daughter is. And so like, I asked, 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 asked. And I think by the time I was like 20, I had given up because like, mm-hmm. it just, it wasn't going to happen. And I knew I wasn't going to get that information from my mom. And so, oh, how many years ago was it then? Like three at this point? Three or four, I think. Um, I went and I did 23 of me because I was like, you know, DNA testing was like up and coming and stuff like that. Um, and I was just like, it'll tell me if I have like any major health concerns that I need to be aware of. Cause like, obviously I can't backtrack that half of the family, yeah. like in what I get from them. And so like my cousin and I had this brilliant idea and we were just like, Hey, I'm going to buy the test kits. Like you just do it with me. So that way we can kind of see like what the balance is from like what I got from our side of the family. as like a tester. So that way we could kind of figure out like what my DNA was from. And like the craziest thing that we thought would happen is I was going to have some wild background in my family, like, you know, coming up. And at this point, I should have checked earlier today. I'm going to quick to get my phone. But the last time I checked, I have four siblings. Like, there are five of us, like, out and about because of 23 and Wait. And I don't, I'm, yeah. And I don't know that sounds, one. is that a, is that, Kate, okay, we joke about the Vince Vaughn thing, but I did, did creep some, like, case studies. There has been instances where, due to clerical errors, and I don't think anyone caught them, or actually, I don't know if the legislature... If people, like, you know, the governing bodies, I don't think people thought DNA was going to be a thing, let alone easily, readily accessible DNA. Like, is that a high number? Because that's five people who have decided to do 23andMe. Like, there could be a, another cross-section. I, I don't know. Because, like, I mean, to be honest, I didn't look at the numbers because I'm going to out my siblings a little bit. I'm, like, I won't give any personal information or whatever. But, like, so I grew up completely knowing that, like, I was – a test tube baby, which is like the common term thrown around. Like, I do you like that word? Um, I'm not crazy about it. One, okay. because like, I'm not a scientific experiment, and I know that people like say it and then it's like normalized. And I just like, yeah, it bothers okay. me a little bit because I'm a human, not a science experiment. So, like, I was born through reproductive technology. So, yeah, I mean, it bothers yeah, me, yeah. and I'm not even. Yeah. In situation. And I'm sorry to stop you, but the thing about this podcast is that this is our platform, platform, form, platform, not farm, <laughs> moo, uh, platform. Um, we're definitely, we're calling it a platform from now on. That just became a thing. <laughs> With the barnyard animal. Platform. This is our platform. Thank you. Um, this is our platform and we, well, we want to make sure that you just said that word and it's so funny that you just had that word forced upon you that your whole life that you said that term because it's the most accessible for other people. So what do you want to be called? Because this is a great thing. We have a lot of non-adoptees like, like yeah, you don't have to decide called. right now. I mean, I would like to be called a human. Like, um, human. Okay. Uh, Humanoid. Yeah, human, right? uh, I am, um, as you know, I was questioning, like, do I have to appear like a human or can I look like my normal case full self along with the human version today? <laughs> so, how, like, how would how would you – so, for someone that, like, what would your descriptor be? So, I'm a domestic adoptee. 
So like if you were to, if you were to have a trading card, right? Like your baseball, your rookie of the year card, what would, what would your like position be in the origins unknown podcast? Um, I mean, like child born through reproductive technology, specifically IUI. Perfect. Mm. That's all you, that's like that. Yeah. That's perfect. Great. That's, I mean, that's about full. That's what I go with. And I mean, I'm not going to like speak for everybody because I recently sure, totally. brought up one of my buddies, um, was also created through like IVF, I think is the process that their parents used. And so like, they were totally fine with it. And I was just like, Ooh, yeah, don't want to share that. Um, but I definitely don't like it being referred to as like a test tube baby because like one of the like mean and hurtful things I had to live through was like, I had this boy that I was interested in. He was like very hardcore Catholic. And I remember when we were kind of like talking and hanging out, he like, and I don't remember if I told him that I was born through IUI or reproductive technologies, but he essentially came out that like he thought people who had been born that way really shouldn't be alive. So like, I mean, imagine, yeah, like imagine being told to your face. That, Can I fight like, him too? <laughs> Look, I was raised Catholic and that's, that's insane. I have to say, you know, after hearing all this, I mean, I, you have to, you know, give your mom a, a ton of credit with regards to doing this alone, doing it in the community that she was in. Um, I, I, I mean, I oh, talked to my amazing. friends. Yeah. I talked to my friends that have kids and they're in a, you know, a two parent household. They can't even imagine doing it on their own, you know, and anyone that's a single parent can understand and relate to this and, and empathize with that. And the fact that, you know, your, your mom went about this and just said, you know what, I don't need a man, I can do this on my own. I mean, that that's that's brave. So. Like I said, um, she is like a Wonder Woman powerhouse. Like when she cares enough to get something done, like it's going to happen and there is no standing in her way. I, I, I have one question and then this is just because I don't know about this the process um, and I'm sure there's dif- different situations, but with regards to your, your I guess your, your father, were you given any information like how does the back end work from the donor side like the donor donates sperm and then what like they can choose obviously to kind of like open close adoption i guess i mean is there i think as far as i know and i'm a terrible person to ask because i have not done the legwork for this just because like i one my mom has a terrible memory and to, if it's that important to her, her terrible memory is even worse. So, like, I got five details about my dad, like, growing up. So, like, people would be like, describe your parents. And so, like, I could go on and on and on about my mom. And they'd be like, okay, well, what about your dad? And I'd be like, he's six foot one. He has brown hair. And he's got green eyes. And he was studying to be a doctor. And he was either French or German. Because mom and grandma argued all the time about that. That's my dad. Take him out okay. of Like, good luck. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I just looked it up, and it's called sperm donor anonymity, mm-hmm. and the surrogate surrogacy laws. There's currently no. Uh, the state that you're in, case law or any statutes governing the rights, duties, obligations, or lack thereof for individuals who donate sperm or eggs for the purposes of assisted reproduction. Um, also, to here. It is, does show that there's specific, not just 23andMe, there's specific websites that are called like donor sibling registries for children of um, who are in the same hunt as you. 
So that might be a really cool place for you to check out afterwards. That absolutely would be. You should send me that information and I'll do some homework this weekend. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be some type of Facebook group with a community of individuals like yourself. I mean, there there's has to be, be an app for that. Okay, so yeah. we definitely we definitely got off on a tangent when you were telling a story about before and about the test tube baby comment, which people don't do not say that is stricken from our verbiage now, you guys. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, no, but I just like, so I remember being like told point blank to the face that like I shouldn't exist. So I mean, like, you want to talk about something that'll spur on an existential crisis. Let me tell you what. Um, but so like, there's just a lot of like really crappy things that are said over something that I had absolutely no control over. Yep. Those are like probably the top three big ones. Back to your question of like things that people say that bother you and or cause pain that I can think of. And if it's anything like adoptees, they say it so flippantly. Um, they don't even realize that they're saying it. And it's just, it's just something that they say. I, I can't, sorry if any of my exes are listening to this, but I can't say how many guys I've broken up with because I had like straight to my face being like, I don't know if I could love a kid if I adopted it or how do your parents, you're so lucky that your parents actually love you or you don't know what genetic mixed bag you would get, you know? And it's just like, I'm like sitting right here. And it's like, you say like, I'm a human, I'm a human person. I'm not a commodity. I'm not a product. I'm not, you know, and you must feel that even more than us. Like adopted children are marketed as products and, you know, and there's profits made and it's supply and demand. And I can't even imagine the pressures that you face as a like reproductive assisted baby through IUI. Did I do it? Did I say it? Okay. Thank you. I'm, yeah, I, we I need to come to up with an acronym. We'll work on that. <laughs> that's like, great. That's your homework for today. Yeah. That I you something moving forward. So, yeah, uh, so, yeah, like another question I have, you know, because this is still, you know, obviously so interesting. I mean, I wonder if you kind of have the same feelings when it comes to, you know, I mean, obviously you have your mom, but like meeting other people's relatives and seeing what people look like and how they're a blend of two people. Is that something that you were kind of, you noticed yourself being interested in or you were kind of, I don't know. I, I was hyper-focused on as a kid. Well, um, like there are a couple of traits and I mean, like it's pretty easy to figure out where they came from. Uh, <laughs> comes from the other parent. Um, but like, yeah, in one instance, I mean, it was always joked about with my family that, like, I look so much like my grandma. Um, there was one point where, like, a cousin brought home her boyfriend, and there was a black and white of, like, grandma when she was roughly my age at the time, like, hanging on the fridge because it was, like, the only photo of her little brother. And the boyfriend was just like, why do you guys have a black and white of Jackie on the phone, like, on the fridge? It's so weird. Like, a <laughs> very specialty niche situation. And they're like, no, no, that's grandma. Um, so I mean, like, we always joke that like I inherited her face and we have a lot of, we had a lot of creepy similarities, um, just as far as like both of us on who we were. Um, but like my hair does not come from my mom's side of the family. Like nobody has the curls that I do. It's kind of hard to see it with my headphones on. Um, that and my beautiful schnoz, um, like both of those come from my dad's side of the family. I don't know if it was like Aunt Bertha or whoever else they may have came from, but like, they're definitely not on the side of the family that like I am familiar with. Got it. That's so cool. I never even thought of that, that you have half the puzzle. 
Yeah. Oh. And so with the siblings that you found, you found them, correct me if I'm wrong, through 23andMe? Yep, that was the site where I dropped a whole lot of bombshells out, a whole lot of families. Wait, wait, what? So, okay, so this is, wait, this was the story that we were segueing to. Yeah, that you knew go. that, you knew your history. There we go, sorry. Yes, no, I'm glad we got back there because don't ask me to remember things. Um, I have <laughs> my mother's memory. Um, yeah, no, so like I have always grown up knowing like that I didn't have a dad, that like my mom went through technological assistance in order to have a kid um and so like my cousin and I we did this 23 and me um because uh, she was going to be like our control we were going to figure out like based on that because she knew her dad's history and stuff um pretty well and so like we did it got the results and I was like scrolling through because they had finally like updated like DNA relatives and it popped up and it was like you have a half brother and I was just, like what Oh my gosh! Like, I mean, so like, excited. Yeah, I mean, like excited, but also terrified because, like, I was. God, how old was I when I did that? Like, twenty six. And you weren't ready for that, right? Like, you you had no, no idea that was an option. No, I didn't, because like I grew up and I was just like, okay, you are an only child. You don't have like you know, you just you put yourself in this little box, and then you have to live inside that box because otherwise, there's just too many what ifs and hypotheticals, and you'll drive yourself mad trying to think about them all. Like, and coming up with answers. And so, like, he popped up on my DNA relative. And I remember looking, and I was with the same cousin who I did the, like, 23andMe with. And I was just like, oh, And, like, we freaked out together because, like, she's older than I am. So, like, she was very invested with this process, too. So, it's been nice to have her as, like, a support because anytime I get a new sibling, I, like, automatically text her. I'm like, oh, God, we got another one. <laughs> we got one. Yeah, sounds like you're, it sounds like you're fishing. You're like, we got oh, another yeah. one. That's what we're doing. It's, you know, we're hunting for really elusive fish, the ones that share genetic material with me. Um, but so, like, yeah, I totally popped up and I was like, hey, oh my gosh, like thinking that, you know, they knew his dad was the donor, not like, which is very idealistic, very <gasps> unrealistic. I didn't think so of that. And so, like, I definitely popped his cherry real fast, real hard. And then I got really bad because, like, I hadn't even considered that he was another, like, baby through reproductive technology, specifically, like, oh, I was, got it. like that. And so I was just like, Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> it's like, whoops. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I like how there is. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so that's one thing, too, that people don't understand. We talk about, like, some of the things that adoptees and other people seeking origins unknown face is that, you know, you're going to be a dirty secret, right? Like, coming into coming into and finding the answers that you want, a lot of times, like, people didn't expect Ancestry, uh, 23andMe, and all those fun things to happen. You know, like, you could just, like, keep it a secret, and now everyone's like, oh, yay. Yeah, that's and I, I like... I like what um, Jackie said about creating a narrative for yourself and putting yourself in a box because the what ifs and all those unknowns that you really can't find answers to anytime soon will drive you mad. And I think I've met a lot of adoptees that kind of tell themselves, oh, I don't 
want to do a birth parent search. Like I, I was never interested. And then when they hear other people talk about their search or talk about emotions or feelings, it starts to bring things up that they maybe just kind of repressed or just said, look, I, I'm telling myself I don't need this, but maybe I do. You know, and I, I think that that's fascinating that we totally relate on that topic. No, I mean, absolutely. Like, because I remember when I was a kid, you know, and kids are super well known for having like these phenomenal um, imaginations. And I'm a big reader still, seriously huge into like escapism through books when I was a teenager. And like, I just remember like I would watch TV shows or I would watch movies or I would read books and I would just like pick characteristics out or be like, what if this is my dad? Like, you know, how crazy would it be if like, said superstar actor was like actually your dad and like when they were going to the rough time like they stopped by and were a sperm donor to get like fifty dollars and that's your dad like how cool but i mean you just i came up with thousands of different fathers like thousands of different people who could be my dad and then i would just try and figure out like well, where did i get this trait from where did i get this trait from and so like at some point you just have to stop because like you could spend eternity trying to figure out those questions. And like, at this point, I just, I don't have factual answers. And so in order to be productive in my life and get anything accomplished and hit the goals that I want to for myself, like you kind of just have to shove that off to the side and revisit it if and when something different happens. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And kind of go back to your half brother. So you kind of rock his world by telling him, information that he didn't know and what happened next um like he's actually my favorite sibling mostly just because he's the only one i've talked to like in depth um he's super cool like absolutely adore him um as far as like the interaction that we've had so so like i have a little bit of information from him that i need to like dig into it's one of those like I've had my world rocked by figuring out I had siblings. So, like, I don't know that I'm ready to, like, rock the boat that much further. Maybe for, like, my 30th birthday, I'll push into it. Um, but he, like, did ask some questions. And, like, they fucked up and they came clean. Because, I mean, it's pretty hard to deny the fact when someone, like, hops up on a genetic match site. And, like, it shows that you've got a large quantity of DNA that's shared. So he's older than you, you said? No, I think I'm the oldest, if I remember right. Like, got it, got it, got it. Hey, how? Is, oh, and okay. I haven't had, like, any contact with the fifth sibling. I, well, yeah, it was technically it's the fourth sibling because there are five of us. This, okay. this is difficult. I don't know how people do this for, like, their entire life. Um, no, yeah, that's, that's, it. to not, like, yeah, I mean, to not tell, I mean, I can't imagine the process that he, went through and is still going through, you know, with trust and like all that stuff. So, so with the other siblings, so, so that one was the first one you found out was that, that half brother. Yes. Okay. Half brother. Um, and I think from what I remember, like when I was doing searches, there's a possibility that there's like one older than me. Um, but I know, so I have two half brothers and two half sisters at this point. Um, the two half sisters are kind of like their fun, own unique, little thing and I won't name names or give too many details but they were a case of like where they're they use the same donor for the kids so those two are actually like full siblings like they have the same mom and same dad it's just that the dad is a donor but it was the same donor for both of them I know this because they both talked about 23andMe for like that's that's like so crazy to me that like 
also to the privacy, if I pop up on someone else's ancestry, like that you have access to their genetics and you can tell that they are related yeah. to one another. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? So 23 to me, like I like them. I mean, and there are probably smarter people out there who could figure out how to like hack the system or whatever, but like they don't give you all of that information. Like they just tell you that you have like a new biological match and then you can see like how they rank you. So you can't actually see like their genetic breakdown or like any oh, genetic okay. issues. That they yeah, there's got to be privacy issues. Willing, and, yeah. yeah, unless they're willing to share that with you. So like I can request like to view this information of my siblings and then they can either accept or deny it. But otherwise, like, hold on, let me pull up the one that I'm not. So have you done with. that? Have you, did you request each of them to see that information? And then did everyone accept it? All of them except like the most recent one. And so again, that person, have you talked to them uh, already or no? Um, no, because like I sent like a request, like they do. So let me pull this up. So like I can see his name, how he registers it on the site. You can um, see his name? Yeah. Oh, I'd absolutely Facebook creep him. That would be so easy to do. You just have a full name. It's like, type it in. So, okay. So that's like maybe a good tip for... For if you're going to register yeah, for yeah. ancestry, don't you guys don't maybe yeah. don't put your first and last name. Yeah. If you, I don't. Can know. you? Can you do just a name like one name? I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not sure if you can. I don't remember. It's been forever. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I'm like, yeah, compile me. Like, <laughs> I'm a big sister because apparently I'm just meant to be the oldest. Um, but so like I can see his name, what our predicted relationship is, and then like it shows you. Um, like a couple of other things of information. Why do I feel like sperm donors are not going to go on Ancestry and 23andMe? I'm just wondering from the sperm donor perspective, and I know that they kind of sign off their rights and they, it's like, you know, you obviously don't have access, but like, I don't know, like as a guy, I would just always wonder and you know, it's not like you're going to get alerts on your phone. You have a new kid. You have a new kid like that. That would be super weird. But I just yeah, I'm just so curious as to anyone that has, you know, even donated eggs like both men and women. Like, you know, do you ever wonder? I mean, I would and maybe it's just because I'm adopted, but I would I would totally wonder, you know, if I had a biological kid somewhere like yeah, I've been requested cool. to have my eggs before, actually. And that was like I had a qualm like someone asked for me to donate and I was just like no mm. right like it, it's it's a huge it's a huge gift not to mention it's terribly painful for the woman but yeah, um, it <laughs> it's like an invasive yeah. surgery but well, um not only that, you have to have like a ton of hormones so that you can produce the eggs so that they can harvest them and that's like my cousin went through and she's very open about this so I don't feel bad like sharing her information on the internet like she went through fertility treatments. And so like one of the things that they had to do was like actually harvest eggs from her. And like, she would have to do, I forget if it was like, I think it was progesterone shots in her butt. Mm. And like, she would just have these welts, like massive bruises, like that were just, yeah, no, I mean like it is. So like to all the women out there that listen to this, that like donate eggs, like kudos Warriors. to you. Warriors. That is a woof, woof Just like, yeah, I have a friend that I have a friend that donated eggs and and she had a, like an open, I guess an open situation. So she's 
has a relationship with the family. She's actually, I mean, actually they had triplets. So she has, there's three. And she wanted her kids to at least meet them so they could at least have other siblings. But it just seems like a very harmonious situation. But I I thought when she told me it that, oh, is that how that works? But, you know, I I just, it's all new to me. Like all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it very much depends on like, the time frame that you donate because like mm-hmm. obviously the earlier donations it's going to be very cut and dried like mm-hmm. closed adoption um because i remember like one of the things that my mom did tell me about like the whole process is that like you she couldn't go after the donor for like money or rights or mm-hmm. things like that because like they made a donation like they signed off their rights um and then very vague on it but i remember her saying specifically that like women couldn't then go and be like, well, you owe me child support for this child. Yeah. Like, cause it wasn't yeah. a casual encounter. And also mm-hmm. we should, it should be said that we are saying donate. However, um, what we're meaning is that these people actually are paid for paid yeah. for their assistance. So it's not like a selfless, not necessarily a selfless act, but it, mm-hmm. it's, you are compensated very highly. Oh yeah. Especially if you're, uh, I, I think my friend, I mean, she was a, a track star at Michigan. Like yeah. her genetics were very good and she was young at the time. So, uh, and there's yeah. people that scout there, it's, there's people that scout, like I was scouted because yeah. I had a college education and whatnot. And you know, like that's like, to me, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, like, Hey, you want to sell some eggs? Like, uh. although I do think the women are compensated like way more than the guys are just because it is such a, much more invasive and difficult process to harvest eggs than it is to harvest it's, it's surgical like you cut through just so people know you literally cut the woman open and i believe you go through the ovary i'm not sure hmm. well, we're gonna have that. to get a, a specialist on here walk us through wow that's that's fascinating so uh, the other siblings minus the, the newest one that you i guess just found out about um I'm guessing you said that you're not as close with them. Um, well, so like with the sisters, um, the one I never had any direct contact with, um, like the older one I never did. I just remember like asking when her birthday was, cause I didn't want to be the oldest one. I was like, I don't know why, but I apparently am terrified of being the oldest sibling. Um, <laughs> so I was like, when's her birthday? Like, is there anyone out there who's older than me? No, I was the first. Perfect. Um, but so I talked to like the younger of the sisters and we talked a little bit, but it was just, that's a very traumatic experience for them because like their parents had told them like recently, which is why they did the DNA test to like see where they fell as far as like siblings. Cause I mean, you know, they, we talked about the Vince Vaughn movie where like they made a clerical error on his part or on the like bank's part and so that's why he's got 500 kids because like he really truly was only supposed to have like five max i think and so like we make jokes about it but like i'm sure at some point in time there has been like yeah yeah it's the same donor but it's not the same donor and so they did 23 and me to just like check up on their genetic background to see that like they were actually siblings and so they were aware that there may have been other siblings out there, but it was still like a really fresh trauma for them. And so like, they were kind of more like, how can we heal as like an immediate family unit, which kind of excluded the rest of us. And that was fine. Cause like I got one sibling. I was like, Oh, I'm a lottery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is cool. Uh, so like, 
I haven't really reached out as far as like getting to build that relationship just because like I was shocked and I knew from like the beginning of my life that I was a special circumstance. So I can't imagine being like 25, 26 up until like 30 and all of a sudden just being like, well, actually, fun fact for you, let's just blow up your whole world as you know it. Honey, can you come sit at the dinner table? We have to talk to you about something. Put down the cheesies. That's just what I picture. So I have a question too about proximity. Um, One thing that I didn't think about being an adopted kid from a small town, uh, they used to do blood tests before people got married to see if there's familial relationships. And Chris, Mm. like you don't think about this, but narcissistic tendencies in humans is that we're attracted to people who look like us. And I always kind of panicked and realized that there's been instances where people find out they're related and whatnot. What, you don't have to say places, but how far apart are you from all of your siblings? Um, at least an hour, if not closer, like an hour and a half from each of them. So that's not Whoa. that far. Cause that's where people date. That's like the dating pool where you're from is like two to three hours. Yeah. It depends on how committed you are to dating. <laughs> um, they're like all of my siblings are much closer. Like I'm the outlier as far as I can tell from like where everybody lives. I am, I am definitely the farthest out. My other siblings from the creeping that I have done because I'm a secret FBI agent on Facebook. Um, like they're probably under 45 minutes, like all of them from each other. Wow. But, but that seems Claire, close. Claire, Claire, you brought up a good point. Like what if, you're out there in the dating and you don't realize that this person like, is related to you. That, like, that was like a big fear I had. And, and, uh, Oh no, I, it's absolutely I, legit. Like I joke with my cousin cause I mean, I'm single at this point and I don't date frequently cause people are gross. <laughs> oh, facts. Like, facts. That's people a shirt right there. That's a shirt right there. I don't date because people are gross. I'm, I'm going to wear that shirt. I don't date cause people are gross. So my face on it, it'll be gorgeous. Um, but like I was joking, I'm like, oh, what am I we just to say? Like, hey, would you would you mind taking a blood test for me just to make sure that we're not like secretly siblings? Like, where was your dad roughly from this time frame? Like, did he ever study medicine? Like, you just go into these like really weird questions, and then you come off as a weirdo because I'm just trying to make sure that I'm like not dating my brother. Yeah, no, that's legitimate, and no one wants to be dating. Like, I like that's how like sibling. a problem like. I have. And so being a, like a Caucasian domestic adoptee in a small town where everybody's related to everybody. And I made a, a TikTok about it, about dating in a, a small town where you have to call your mom and it goes through the whole things like, Oh, like, are you from the North Kellers or the South Kellers? Like, are you from like this person? What's your mom's maiden name? Like, Oh, we're not, we're not related. Right. But like, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Like I used to do that all the time. And then I was like, wait, like, why am I that was like an exercise in futility, right? Like you're like, oh. Absolutely. No, and I just think it's funny that you talk about that because like that's definitely a thing, like a small town thing for sure. Not necessarily like genetics related, but like literally I was having a conversation with my cousin yesterday and I was like, yeah, these people, they lived in the house that those people lived in, that those people lived in, that those people lived in. I'm like, I'm not even 30 yet and I can trace back like four owners. And I was like, oh my God, I need to move. So with everything that's happened for you, and it sounds like obviously a lot of positive things because now you have blood-related siblings that you can interact Jealous. with. Is yeah, 
Well, I, I have my two brothers, but like, I mean, one you know, of these I, things is not like yeah. the other. <laughs> is there anything about your the twenty three and Me and all the searching? Is there anything that you regret, or is it really like, oh, it's all positive, and I'm glad I did it? Um, no, I don't think I have any regrets. Like, there has definitely been like a lot of surprises because um, you know, like I said, I, I was not expecting to find siblings. Like I did it to figure out if I was like at a higher risk for cardiovascular heart disease, or like, <laughs> am I likely to have renal failure at some point in my life? Like I just wanted to know like these big scary conditions that like I would get massive anxiety attacks filling out at like the doctor's office where they're like, do you have anybody in your family that's got like, and then it's a list of like 35 different diseases, and I was like, I can't answer none of this because I don't know. Um, so like I just wanted answers to that question and like when I did the test I had totally given up hope on like finding my dad finding siblings I was just like I'm gonna be a lone wolf like who is it off of um oh my gosh I'm blanking I watch too much tv um (laughs) what is it the movies where like the dude gets married and they go to Vegas oh um Hashem Kutcher no 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 why can't I think of it? This is like it's oh my god. The hangover. The hangover. Thank you. Yes, the hangover. I'm like the office little like brother that he's marrying into obviously a lone wolf. Um I'm a one man wolf pack. Yeah, I'm a one man wolf pack. Like I was totally prepared and ready for that and then I like out of the woodwork top siblings and so now at like every Christmas because it just seems to be like the Christmas tradition that we get twenty three and me now, I'm always just like, Do you guys have any updated siblings this year? Like through. Oh my gosh, because it's a Christmas present. Oh wow. Yeah. And so I'm just like, hey, it's me. I'd like, okay, can we just talk about that? You're like the gatekeeper. You're like, welcome, brethren and sisters, to our You should have like a group. big staff. I think like like Gandalf yeah. or something. Yes, oh my gosh, please. Anything that makes me closer to somebody who lives inside the Tolkien universe, like I am ready. Let's nerd out. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, no, but, like, it's funny that you mentioned that because, like, I, like I said, I've always been aware of this, so I'm always the family member that, like, is super excited anytime I get, like, a new sibling, and then I'm like, crack that bomb! Uh, we can get it up! I will aggressively love you. Um, hey, I said that to you. That's my line that I say to you. You stole that. I hear she, things when I take them and they're mine now. So. She, yeah, she stole that for me. I, I told her that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I will really get it. I stole it from Claire. Um, but so like it was just really funny because I am like I am the gatekeeper as far as I know with like my sisters and the first brother because I like would pop in and I'd be like hey there's another one and so like anytime I see a new sibling I like pop in there and I'm just like and I message like the first half brother I'm like bro our TLC cast is growing there's another one check it out because like we always came up with the joke where like we deserve our own TLC show yeah, I just pictured that moment where where Gandalf says, "You shall not pass." You could say like, yeah, "You shall join our group." <laughs> I summon you. It's, like, it's it's funny that you talk about like Vince Vaughn, um, like in movies and whatnot. For me, anyone who knows me and my like, and Chris, we've joked about this. My predilection for like sugar and like just being a nerd. For me, it's literally Elf would be oh. me finding my birth parents. Like, I love you, and I love you, and like, I love you. This tastes terrible. You don't have to drink that, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. Like, <laughs> uh, Santa, I know him. <laughs> forgot to give you a hug. Um, so now I do have a question as well, and feel free to not answer it. But how are things, you know, I know that your mom um, 
as she's a trailblazer and a pioneer and just seems like such a wonderful human being, like super cool in terms of like a juggernaut essentially for feminism. How are things when you like, do you share this information with her when you find a new sibling? Like, is she receptive? Like, is it, is it like a weird vibe or like, is it similar to like adoptees? Well, so like, I, I have no idea if it's similar to adoptees because I mm-hmm. can't say that I've had a lot of conversations with adoptees about like how they respond when they find this stuff out. Um, I told her about the first one and I think about the sisters and then after that, like, I just don't bother mentioning it because she was like, okay, whatever. Which I mean, like, it's fair. It's not her life. Like, these are people that are not related to her. Like, they don't, I mean, they're never going to come into contact with her. It's not like she's the missing parent that we're finally finding. Yeah, I mean, I I can see that because obviously, like you said, there's no blood relation there, and this is more about, you know, you, you know, and yeah. I think, um, okay, well, let's... I mean, she was never really super receptive to me, like finding out about my um, bio dad or my bio family or anything like that. Um, as far as the other half, because she was kind of always questioning, like, well, I'm your parent, why do you need more? Like that was kind of the view that she took on it. And I just, I mean, like, it is a very unique kind of experience to be, you know, I'm assuming it's the same for people who are adopted. Like, you just want to know who you are. Like, it's not that I love you any less or that you were an atrocious parent and you fundamentally ruined me for the rest of my life. Like, that's not what I'm saying by wanting to find my other parent. I just want to get to know the other half of me. Like, there is literally half of a family history that I don't have. Yeah, I I think that's so important to get across because I've gotten some comments and DMs saying what, you know, when they find out about the podcast topic, they just say, well, my parents were awesome. And I'm like, who said that all my parents weren't, you know, that's not what we're talking about here. And this is more about, like you said, just, just seeing, you know, like for me, I want to just see what they look like. I don't have a picture, you know, and it's not like I want to go live with them and like, you know, move to Korea or anything like that. It's just, I just want to see where I get my looks from at a bare minimum. So I've been thinking a lot about this, Chris, for, and that this is great that this organically came up about how to explain this to non-adoptees because we do have a wide network of non-adoptees. Imagine if you suddenly woke up from a car accident and you had amnesia and you know nothing before a certain date and you know nothing. Would you want to try to find out or would you just be happy with that life? No, I call bull. You would want to know. You'd be like, what, what happened? Yeah, I think that that's really what it is, is that it's it's natural. It, it As a human being, like all of us, you know, I mean, there are many people that take it for granted because they have it. But, you know, if you woke up and had zero memory of anything before a certain time period, it's going to eat away at you. You're going to be sitting there thinking like, what? Why, what, what happened before then, you know? So, um, and I mean, not only that, but at least coming from like my experience, I can't talk to the whole, like being adopted and having like no frame of reference to like where I come from. But like, I think about the family relationship that I have, like with the family that I do know, like my grandma was my favorite human being on the planet. Like when she died, I was traumatically affected because I loved her so much. Like I have mentioned multiple times, my cousin, like, cousins that I talked to and like have gone through experiences with like and I very much love my mother like I have very very good strong family relationships like my family is a huge important part and piece to me and so like for me it's not that I love them less or like I want a different family like 
to me is I want to have that relationship with the other half of me. Like, mm-hmm. because my family is so great, I want to see if the other half is just as great. Because, like, did I win the genetic lottery and, like, get picked from, like, the two greatest families on the planet? That would be so cool. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing is that I, I think a lot of people don't, don't realize that. And it's, it's easy to jump to conclusions or just take it one way. But, you know, it's, it's, it's always the, you know, it's it's human nature, the unknown, like just in general, humans are always, you know, seeking answers. And when it comes to just like, you know, going out to space, going to Mars, like all these things, like we are just fascinated with knowing more and getting more information so we can form a better perspective on our on our viewpoints. And, and, and I think that that's super important. Um, and humans are by nature, a herd animal, right? And yeah. it's a cultural yeah, function anthropological better. Yeah. requirement. Yeah, yeah. We're like a social creature. Like we are. We and just not knowing. Social and I do yeah. the question after knowing now and talking to your siblings and especially your brother, are there any, us as adoptees, something that's a crazy phenomenon that happened between you and I as well. Um, like attachment issues and other things. Are there any markers that you couldn't tell affected you guys because you were, you know, from your special circumstance? And I guess because your your siblings didn't know your special circumstance. So maybe that isn't a great frame of reference. But are there things that you can, even in your own journey, attest to being, you know, like a like a superhero. Like, uh, you you mentioned like self soothing. That's something that I think for Claire and I are very much similar. So like when we're feeling emotions or whatever, we don't want to be hugged touched. and like touched and you know. And that's uh, one, of you, things, one of the things we shared, Chris. That's crazy yeah, that you said yeah. that because you and I, she and I, were talking the first time, and I was like, "Ugh, I'm so glad that you don't want to hug me." You know, like it was just like, "Thank you for not like wanting to touch me." Like, um. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I haven't made that many comparisons. Like, I just like to think that my weird little quirks and neuroses are part of who I am as a human and not out of my environment. But that makes no sense because, like, Claire and I have had a nature versus nurture talk. So, like, mm-hmm. obviously that's hard to pinpoint. Um, I mean, I think it honestly just depends because as far as the whole, like, self-soothing thing, it depends on who I'm around. Like, mm. if I am upset with the person who is trying to like physically comfort me the last thing I want to do is have you close by like please GTFO and like leave me alone Mm -hmm. um if it is like if I am upset about something and the person who's trying to soothe me is someone that I'm close to um but like if I'm upset about something and I like I mean I bring up my cousin for this all the time or like my bestie at work um, and I'm having like a really rough brain day just because like I struggle with very serious social anxiety sometimes. <laughs> That's Same. the reason why I think we're gross. Um, but like I, I'll let them know that I'm having a bad day and like all I want is a hug. And neither of them are very big touchy people. And so like I know that I have to be having a really rough day in order for them to be like willing to physically comfort me because like if I care about a person, my love language is physical touch. Like. Mm. I am very touchy if I care about you and I have known you long enough. If I have no idea who you are, like respect my boundaries, which mm-hmm. are an entire soccer field away from me. So that actually, that actually makes me realize like you, you had a birth mom. Like you got like, so that. As she likes to tell me when I discredit that statement, she will show me the scar. 
Proof. Yeah, like, oh, like we didn't have that. Like, I don't, yeah. that's like, hmm. Um, so now are there like any things that you want to tell people about your situation or, you know, like any, any things like, you know, we touched briefly on don't call you the TB, TBB or TTB. Yeah. <laughs> don't call you that. That's you the TTB, right? TTFN for, to TTB. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, like, is there anything like final things that you want to say or? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I hate broad open-ended questions. I'm very bad at answering them. Um, I don't know. Just like, I, and I don't know what it's specifically about my case. I think it just applies in general. Like just be cognizant of the words that are coming out of your mouth because like, you don't know how they're going to affect someone that you're talking to. Like Mm -hmm. you will never know all of the information in someone's background and like where they come from. So like to the people who flat out told me to my face that they didn't think I should exist. Like, I wish that you could know how deeply that hurts. Like you've been a conversation in my therapy like session. <laughs> Thank you for that. We'll give you the bill. <laughs> like seriously. Like you just first off, one thing I would like to say is don't ever tell someone that you don't think they shouldn't exist. Like that's like yeah, that, that's, that's so never, aggressive. Yeah, that's never something you should ever like when people ask me what are you? I'm like that that's just rude. Like that's never, when is that important or, you know, applicable to any situation to ask? Like, I feel like the title of this episode should be, I am human. Yeah. Um, I could it please. Like that would just, that would make me so happy. I I am human. I think, I think that, that this is going to be on, on a shirt because it's so true. We're humans. And the the crazy part too, is that I was talking to an adoptee who we'll be having on later on. And she said, I hate the fact that the second that people find out that I have a non-traditional, you know, origin story, that I owe them my story, mm. that I have to tell them and that they can ask me all the salacious details. Like, this isn't a telenovela. This is my life, right? Like, it, it's just so annoying. And then they keep asking questions. And then it's almost their right to ask you these inappropriate questions because like, oh, I didn't know. Well, like, well, th- th- don't ask. Yeah, that's a big part of this podcast is to, to educate people. And I think that that's... Yeah. You can't, you know, people will say, well, I get triggered by that or that, that, that was cringy or what I mean, it's like, look, like I get it. We all have triggers, especially when it comes to these topics, but you know, people don't know what they don't know. And if, if we want to move forward in a, a meaningful way, we need to be able to talk about these things. And well, not only that, but like, as far as the whole, like, um, I know I absolutely agree with like what the other adoptee was saying, because like, I can remember in high school, like it would come out that like I was an IUI baby. Like my mom had me through alternative methods and then people would be like, what do you know about your dad? Like I have five details about who my dad is. And like as an adult now, I'm totally cool with sharing it. But like all I have of this person who I desperately wanted to know as a teenager is these five details. Like these, like, I mean, imagine your most, um, sorry, I think I was my computer. Um, Imagine like your most precious, like, five pieces of possession and the fact that like everyone deserves like they feel the need that they get to touch it and they get to like sift through it and they get to share them with you like I'm sorry but if I had family heirlooms that were jewelry no way would you get to put your hand on them like those are my family heirlooms like you don't get to have these details they're my details this is my person and this is all that I have of that person 
I would just like to point out, is this one of the first, or like ask, is this one of the first times where like you've mentioned those details that you have, but I don't know if you've noticed, neither Chris nor I asked you what they are. Like, is this like, is that common? Or is this one of the first times that you've shared your story this in depth openly and people haven't been like, well, what are the details? Yeah, no, it absolutely is the first time that people haven't just like automatically been like, what you like, like, tell us what you know. You know, this, that, that was not a prompt for you to tell us, but I like, I just realized that like some of the things like the, the weird boundaries and respect, you know, and like the fact that you have those five items, like for me, I, I think that's just so special. And like, I wouldn't want to, you know, like I touch that. And I found out where, what, and what time and what hospital I, I was born at on, uh, in like, I think episode three. And I didn't know that. And I was like starting to cry. And luckily uh, Chris called me mid thirties. So I snapped out of it because I got angry at him. Mom, my, my bad. <laughs> it was great. It's, it, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not in my mid thirties. I'm 33. Well, now, now I know what to do. And uh, yeah, now what I, I know, I know what I need to do when she's in those moments. So I just say, Hey, uh, mid thirties. Triggered, just emotionally yeah. trigger her. Give me anger. Empower me with anger. But you know, it's it's really funny that like I didn't it didn't even cross my mind that like mm-hmm. you should bequeath that information upon me. Right. And then on you and I've talked about your story quite a lot. And like, you know, this is it's so that is something else too. That's another another educational moment. Just because you want to know doesn't mean you should ask. Yeah. Um and you can and you can and it's ask for consent. Say to an adopt you be like, is it inappropriate for me also that doesn't mean that you can't use that to blanket inappropriate things would be like look I'm new at this is it inappropriate for me to eventually ask or for you to eventually share those items with me when you're ready like when you are ready I would love to know right like put things on your terms like I just I don't know I think that no that definitely works for like those of us who were created through the process of IUI or IVF or anything like that because I mean like humans you know we are social creatures but we're also attracted to novelty and so like new things that we don't encounter frequently like ah, you can't even more no but you were saying you were saying like i mean it makes me think of um like pt barnum like he wanted to kind of celebrate you know different people but people are fascinated by things that like you yeah. said are just unique yeah like the, the yeah. whole freak show from phenomenon we're like the modern day freak shows Absolutely. And so, like, people are like, ah, this is a new situation. Like, tell me everything about it because I just want to, like, dive in deep. And it's just like, you don't have a right to. Like, I am not, like you said, you know, or like your other adoptees said, like, this is not a problem of all of this is my life. Like, yep. Bye. Yeah. And I think bye. with within this community, um, you know, you know, Claire brought up a good point. Like, you've been very open with us, but I think it's because we, we see each other in a way that, you know, most people can't or don't, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm willing, I like, I've always been open about being adopted, but you know, to come go to talk about like deeper issues or deep seated suppressed feelings and emotions. Like I'm not going to just talk about that with anyone, you know? Um, so I, I think that that, that's important. And, and, you know, we do live in a, an era now where, you know, everyone needs to be more mindful of words because words mean things and they, they impact people. And sometimes you know, people just think, oh, they're just words. Who cares? Just forget about it or ignore it. It's like, no, that's not how just that works. Just be happy. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. Place that, like, a lot of people just want to understand. Like, for those of us who are, for those people who, like, have both their birth parents or, like, know them, like, they just, they don't get how, like, special 
Yeah. And I guess maybe special isn't the right word, but like the amount of times that I've imagined meeting my bio dad, like that moment hasn't happened. And it's still one of the most like intimate details of my life. And so I just don't think that like people who are not adopted or not created through reproductive technologies, like they just don't get that. And so they're like, oh, yeah, let me have you on your search. And it's like my timeline, my life, not really a TV show. So the, the, um, you know, like that, that longing to have that encounter, um, have you ever thought about, you know, questions you might ask? Because I think about that all the time. If I were to meet my birth parents, like what would I ask them? And for me, it would be very obvious. It's like, tell me why, you know, what was the circumstance? I've never thought that. Oh, absolutely. Like there is a long list of questions. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I really like to talk. Um, so yeah, I've got a list a mile long, like of just things that I want to know. Like if my grandparents on my dad's side are dead, like tell me everything about them. Like my grandma was literally my second parent when I was growing up. And so like, I have a strong affinity for wanting to know what my grandparents were like. Like what did my grandma on that side do? Like, did she bake a lot? Did she plant a garden? Like tell me literally every detail there is to know about her. Like fill me in on the missing almost 30 years that I didn't get to have with her. Yeah, I think about I think about the, the the likes that I have just with like basic food. I'm like, is this based on circumstance or is this do I like this because you know, or do does my do my bio parents like the same things or, or something Crunchy like that? Cereal you know, and yeah, there we go, there we go. Um, but I saw these uh, things online with I don't know if it's ancestry or my heritage, but have you seen those those um, I guess renderings of relatives and and uh, uh, motion like they take old photos and they basically recreate a snippet it's kind of like a gif basically where it's like an old like relative like, a, like, like looking around yeah but they're able to recreate this so it looks like you're watching a movie or like a video of of a relative that might have been born in like the 18th century or 19th and they century colorize or them too yeah yeah i mean it, it looks kind of creepy it's like almost looking at like a, a ghost or something but it, it's super like I mean, I think obviously you have to actually have a only, photo. I don't think yeah, they can just yeah, like no. do. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, they have photos, but I, I, yeah, I just think, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, I, and you feel the same thing. It's like you, you want to find your, your dad. And this is something that is, like you said, very intimate and, and it's so close to the chest. And, you know, as we get older, life gets busy and they just, you know, time flies. And then there are moments, especially for me, where I just kind of like, try to put it out of my mind to just say, look, it's not going to happen. And I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to. And that's the the scary part of doing a, a search is that, you rejection. know, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. It's, it's called, almost I like it's like secondary rejection, I think is called like yeah. when you go and find and they want nothing to do with you and, and non adoptees and non, and I think we'll just call us the OUP families, like non OUPers don't understand that that's like, like people are like, well, you want to go find them? And it's like, well, you realize that they might not want to see me, right? Like, yeah, it's it, a two-way street. Yeah. Right? And like just talking about the – there's a veto in Saskatchewan where I found out recently that if I could go find my birth family and they could have done a veto. And Chris and I were looking at this article. And in the time that this article had been written, 83 vetoes had happened. I think the article had been published three weeks or two weeks before. And 83 birth parents went and was like, were like – I'll have to check the numbers on that. But like an, a large number of people were like, no, I don't want them to find me. And like going and finding and being like, like, no, you can't be here. You're going to ruin my life. Like, 
Oh, absolutely. Well, because I mean, like, one of the pieces of information that I got is like, my dad was studying to be a doctor. Like, at that point in time, if he was at college in med school, when he donated, like, he's probably in his 40s, maybe his 50s, like, mm -hmm. roughly around that time frame. He's young enough to know that, like, these services exist. So, like, oh, yeah. one of the big questions that I have in my brain is, like, if he wanted to, wouldn't he have, like, done the test? Yeah. And, yeah. Like, that secondhand rejection is a really, really big fear. Like, and I already have enough, like, <laughs> mental, <laughs> emotional stuff going on up in here. I don't need to add, like, finally finding my birth dad and then just being, like, No. Yeah, access denied. It'd be just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're playing Pogs right now. Did you play Pogs? Yeah, I played Pogs. Slammers? Yeah, man. We, we should literally make Origins Unknown podcast Pogs, and you can collect them. Like, disassociate Wait, are, are we gonna are we going to bring back Pogs? We're bringing back Pogs, and then you can collect your different discs, and then when we do retreats and stuff, everyone can play Pogs. Hey, and the Slammers could be trauma. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you, what are you playing or like for? Like life events, like meeting my, my bio dad. Bam. You know, it's just like. Oh my gosh. Strangers like they old my story because it's interesting. <laughs> okay. Also yeah. one thing too, that really bothers me that I've been thinking about, can we stop using adoption as like a negative plot twist and using adoption or like TT B as like a negative, like, Oh, I bet you're a TTB. Like people need to stop using our monikers as insults like oh I, like you're adopted it's like what like i'm i've had people be like oh i bet i'm or i wish i was adopted you're like what eh, huh like i'm yeah, not a joke yeah and i i, I agree with that and not i think that, but that's like i feel like that's on the same level people are like oh my god i'm so bipolar or i like i'm so depressed like i mean i'm not trying to say that we hold the title on like self-searching and trying to figure out who we are because we don't know a parent mm -hmm. or both parents but like there's an extra level that you have to go to when you're missing a parent or both like yeah 100 i mean i see all these people that you know on social media they're like oh i'm and they come from you know they have biological families and parents and all this stuff and they're like i'm i'm, I'm out there searching for myself and trying to discover who i am and i'm like that's great but imagine having 6 million other layers on top of that before you even get to you, you know, and it's, it's, that's what it is, you know, it's layers. And, um, you know, like I said, we are part of, I think a very exclusive group. It's a very large community, but we're exclusive in the sense that going back to that idea that we had no say in this and not that that's a good or bad thing, but that's just, unfortunately, you know, the way it is. But I think that's what we're trying to do here is to connect everyone through that idea that, you know, let's celebrate that rather than hide in the dark about it, not talk about it, or let it in many ways dictate where we want to go in life. So this isn't just like we're working with machines, like, oh, you push this button on and this one shuts it off. Like everyone has their own experience. And not only that, but like there are very big emotions that come from having to live a life like this, especially mm -hmm. when you didn't like choose it. And as we talked about like numerous times, like there's, there's just certain things that you have to go and find and discover for yourself. And like 10 year old me viewing this situation versus like 28 year old me viewing this situation, we had wildly different feelings. And so like to say that you should be like grateful or like, Oh my gosh. Cause like the one that I get all the time is, well, let's be so nice to know that your mom wanted you. Like I don't have a second chance to be like, Hey, can you make me feel better? Yeah. So I mean, like to say, that we should be grateful because like you were wanted like 
there's still a whole lot of minefields that you have to walk through living this kind of life and growing up the way that you did. And and again, that's not to say that like kids who were born into a normal family with like normal family dynamics yeah, don't absolutely. have the stuff to go through. Again, we don't own the monopoly on this. Like it's not like I know. It's like we're, we're claiming this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jackie with a staff saying, I am human is going on a shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can we, yeah, yeah, you got it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got to do some cosplaying here for sure. Yeah. I fully support this. Anything that makes me closer to Gandalf, I'm a fan of. Um, but I mean, like, it's just, it's so rude. It's so rude to be like, well, you should be grateful. At least you know you're wanted. Like, no, I don't know that. In fact, I struggle a lot with that whole, like, being wanted by a parent thing. So, like, could you kindly buzz literally, Like, you know, you're wanted, but on the other end of it, some some man out there was willing to be like, yeah, like, I, I'm fine with not seeing them. And also, too, now not doing the test. That, that must be, like, for you, you must wonder. It's a new wonder being like, well, is he going to do it? Like, have you considered doing other tests? Like, we are going to probably do all of them. I've thought about it. Um, the one thing is, is that, like, those tests can be kind of pricey. So if I'm going to do it, it's going to have to be spaced out. Because, like, I'm a teacher in the United States. So, like, well, I'm not destitute. I'm a teacher in the United States. <laughs> um, like, I would like to, and I've thought about it. And I know that there are some, like, websites that you can, like, pull your genetic information and like plug it into different ones and it's supposed to be like where you can connect them all i'm just not sex savvy enough to be able to accomplish that on my own um help me i'm dumb uh <laughs> so like there are some things that i thought uh i'm still kind of in like the processing phase about like having siblings like yeah yeah and that's that, the thing that's- too you have that information and that you've decided to to chill on it i and i mean it's more than i ever expected because i mean like growing up this wasn't a thing like these are newer technologies and so like you know Chris like you mentioned like there are just sometimes where you put it away because you can't handle the questions like I had put it away I was like okay I'm just I'm never gonna meet my dad I'm not gonna know like what happens about it and then like I said 23 of me popped up and I was like I'm gonna get health information and then I got four siblings and now I'm just like oh four siblings I don't know what I'm doing yeah, and to and to expect anyone to process that quickly is unrealistic. I mean, it, it, think about it. It's like, it, talk to any person that says, oh, what if you found out you had a half-brother like today? Like, you don't just say, oh, wow, I've processed it in 24 hours. I'm good. Like, cool. <laughs> and now I'm going to write a tell-all expose about it. And like, let's, I want to know, hey, Chad, I want to know what you think about my adoption story. Like for every time that someone like finds out that you're adoption and it's never you being like, yeah, like I'm adopted I, or like my things, like it was some people like, well, I didn't know you're adopted. I'm like, well, I don't usually lead with that. It's always someone either A, making a really inappropriate joke about adoption or B, one of your other friends like outing and being like, well, she's adopted. And then at the bar, there's like a Chad or a Becky and she's like, oh my God, you're adopted. That's like so interesting. Like, do you ever like wonder? Like, no, Becky, I don't. Or Chad be like, do you like, do you think your parents loved you enough? No, Chad, my dad doesn't love me. Like, just go and have your Hurley shirt. 
Well, and not only that, but I mean, like, it's not just my feelings that have to be processed. Because, like, I grew up knowing that, like, I didn't know my dad. So, as three out of the four siblings that I have I didn't grow up with that. Like, they had their world shattered. And so, like, it's not just me processing that information. Because, I mean, like, at this point, when I'd be ready to have, like, a relationship with my siblings, absolutely. Like, I had time to process. I think it would be super cool. But they're also human beings with their own thoughts and their own feelings. And, like, they have had a lot rockier times as far as, like, their current families and their family mm-hmm. dynamics that they have to process. Like, I've got decades ahead of them mm-hmm. as far as, like, understanding where I come from and where we come from and what our family dynamic looks like as far as us being, like, reproductive. She on X Games mode. What I'm here for breaking barriers. Well, this um, was this was really amazing. Um, I uh, when Claire brought it up to me, you know, your circumstance and your situation, like I just, again, me just being ignorant to all of this, it's like wow. I'm like when she told me, I was like, oh my gosh, that that's it fits obviously within what we're trying to discuss on these these episodes, but it's something that you know I just didn't even it didn't even come to mind. Um, well, I'm like so, the grassroots person. Like if this were Quidditch, I'd be the seeker. If there's just something about me that I go out and we've been joking that people will tell me their story. And then I, I think that this is incredible and I am so excited for our community to grow. And I would really invite any of, um, people who are in a non-traditional, you know, this could like situation where you're seeking origin, reach out to us. Our email will be, and our socials will be displayed at the end of, of this podcast, um, reach out. This is your community too. It started out as our story because that's what we know. But we've said from the beginning that this is our podcast, like the community, you know, like it's, and 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 we want to, who are we to define? Yeah. We want to grow, learn, heal together. And the only way we can do that is, you know, opening up and having these tough discussions that are very intimate and, and real. Um, but you know, if you, really like this podcast and you like what we're doing here and you want to support this movement. Uh, first off, we have the hashtag adopted AF, which I think can be applied to your situation. I mean, I mean, you're not adopted, but it's, it's more than that. It's this idea of just owning your story and taking pride in it rather than hiding behind it or, or letting it suppress you in any way. Um, and more importantly, yep. Go on. <laughs> no, I was just saying, I think the really important thing to know is that like, uh, I haven't watched the other podcast, but I think it's important to know that like wherever you are in your journey, like we all appear like very self-assured, very aware, very like in-depth, know who we are as people. And like, it has taken me so long to like get to this part, uh, like to understand who I am as a person and like how I am affected by this. Like it was not always like this well put together. Like it was a very long and a very, like a very strugglesome journey. So, like, mm-hmm. it's okay if you are not, like, put together and, like, oh, this is great. I finally figured out, like, all of these issues that I have. Or, like, I can compartmentalize the different traumas that I've experienced based on how I was birthed and raised. Like, it's messy and it's ugly and there's a lot of big, scary emotions. So, like, definitely if you're struggling, like, find someone in your community and reach out. Yeah, and also, that's part of this this podcast is, like you said, is that it's, you know, you think about, you hear people like us tell our stories and talk about this stuff. And it just seems like, wow, they, 
they they seem like they're doing well, but no it's one has seen news. yeah, no one has seen every step and pitfall and traumatic thought or whatever it may be that has gotten you to there. And it's never a straight path and it's never like this clean cut. For instance, in order for me to do this podcast today, I made sure I took my anxiety meds early and then I made myself a adult beverage so that I would be like kind of relaxed and like carefree. So that way I would sit yes. No. Yeah. Like so I mean like even the behind the scenes of today's podcast <laughs> Yeah. There are other things that went into play with this because like it's scary to have to like talk about and assess your entire life and like who you are as a person. And and you never know so here's like so I have two parts to this. One not only is it scary saying this, you don't know, like when you are at a finally at a point where you tell your story to someone, there is that brief moment where like I've, we talked about, I've broken up with people, their reaction is going to directly impact how you feel about them, how they feel about you. And so when you tell someone this information, it could completely solidify or blow up the relationship. And another thing too, is that because oftentimes we are one of one or the other words were usually non-traditional. So like other people in the family haven't been adopted, you know, especially our generation. I think now there are adoptees adopting adoptees. Um, but back it, it was a new phenomenon. Um, all these new technologies and the concept of adoption, you were like one of one, like you were a one man wolf pack essentially. And so we, in order to survive, we were silenced not intentionally, but by this narrative of you should be grateful or you're so lucky or I wish I had this. And two, we've had to put on a brave face and assimilate because assimilation was survival. Seeming like your family. Yeah. Like seeming like your, your family and like fitting in is what, you know, like there was always that feeling of other, right? Like, so we, we are just so good at faking it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, holy smokes, it's 740. Um, yeah, please, again, subscribe, guys. This is our YouTube channel. Uh, we're doing these video formats because we want to show more than just the audio. And obviously, I think when you see the faces and expressions and just everything else, it, it does, uh, like we are saying, I mean, put more things in context. Um and I do think so, we have the, the so hottest yeah. podcast guests so far. So I don't know what it is about being non-traditional, but I think just everyone's just so cute. So, well, when she has her staff in her hand, when we get her one, like oh. I'm excited to have you, you everywhere. I can't wait to have you and your uh, brother along with the rest of the OUPers and our uh, adopted AF retreats. We hope to have and. And, you know, like we're going to have a safe space and I'm just really excited to shepherd you into this community because it doesn't seem like there's a community out there for you as well. So welcome. Welcome and bienvenido. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your time and, and we are uh, honored to tell your story. If you'd like to connect with us on Instagram or TikTok, you can find us at Origins Unknown Podcast. You can follow my co-host at Beyond the Tats. You can find me at Sea Bear Huntington. We're also on Twitter. Follow us at O Unknown Podcast. If you'd like to visit our website, it's OriginsUnknownPodcast.com. 
Also, if you'd like to send us questions, uh, share your story, or even just say hi, you can send us an email at hello at originsunknownpodcast.com. Special thanks to Pace Randolph for writing, performing, and producing the audio for our podcast. Follow him on Spotify for more wonderful music. I think I walked the long way home. Now for just pick me up and hold me close when things get rough. And you're